Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that breaks down the box art, trailers, and behind the scenes. And this week, we have a special guest returning, Mr. John Harrington. Say hello. Hello, hello. How was your sunburn, sir? You know, it went away really fast, and uh, I haven't even begun to peel yet. I have not peeled either. To let the listeners know in on our super secret private life, we went to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and the, got sunburned. The precise location still, you know, not disclosed. Or is yes. it disclosed? I, I don't know the meaning of that word, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know the meaning of any words. Undisclosed? I think it's undisclosed. Undisclosed? Yeah, whatever. We're babbling. <laughs> Let's get on to Matt's America Month. And I... This is the tape that will close it out, correct? This is the end of America Month. All right, what do we do? Except every month is America Month on Analog Jones. That's <laughs> true. We, we do wear American flag under underoos. I wear outeroos and underoos, American <laughs> flag. Uh, right. And this week, we took a look at clear and present danger. I'm afraid if I dig any deeper, no one's going to like what I find. From the makers of The Hunt for Red October and Patriot Games. You directly challenge the sovereign power of the United States. Based on the number one bestseller. You see everything in black and white. Not black and white. Right or wrong. Paramount Pictures presents Harrison Ford in the summer's most explosive thriller. Clear and present danger. Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, August 3rd. Oh man, this is Harrison Ford at his like second second tier of his career, like the second, second big wave. Move. Yeah, yeah, second wave. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that second wave for sure. Yeah, it's interesting because he just well, obviously he did Star Wars and Indiana Jones, which I mean, this podcast sort of likes Indiana Jones, <laughs> sort of like Star Wars, kind of, yeah. only a little bit. <laughs> but then he came out with just this freaking '90s wave of. Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, uh, Air Force One. Yeah. Uh, and and some thrillers in there, too. Did right. he do What Lies Beneath? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So He was on the, the like, Six Days, Seven Nights. Yeah. The, the, he, all his 90s movies, except Air Force One, are, are like kind of like what I think my parents watched. All of his 90s yeah. movies are what me as a child watched. <laughs> because I, I'm an <laughs> old man at heart. <laughs> <laughs> All these CIA espionage type films. This movie came out in 1994. I was four years old to five years old, somewhere in there. I watched this fucking movie on repeat. Like it was like, like I couldn't get enough of it as a child. And I watched it now and I'm like, what kind of fucking kid were you? <laughs> <laughs> I, there's movies like this that I, uh, we were starting to watch, but uh, you know, there'd be, there was a slight innuendos of sex and things like that so i was constantly looking away you know things like that and that's kind of my memory of like this era of movies yeah see i never saw this movie from start to finish i had seen most of it on that was on tv because this thing was on syndication forever probably and still is yeah. yeah 
Uh, so I'd never actually seen it from start to finish until now, but I pretty much knew all the scenes and I definitely knew like the flow of this movie, the mm. formula. Yeah. These 90s like formula movies of like super patriot good guy takes on bad guys. Uh-oh, some of the bad guys are on his own team. He f- saves the day. That, that's all of them. Yeah, and it works almost every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> most definitely. Let's get into the history of Jack Ryan and Tom Clancy, because I know all of you are clamoring for book knowledge. <laughs> That's why they listen to the VHS podcast for book knowledge. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, I've never read the book and I'm not going to tell you about any of them. I've never read a book. Good for you. Period. <laughs> That's a real American right there. There is this common thing between us and the book readers though is that we will always judge a vhs by its cover (laughs) damn right and i also uh believe every headline i see on tv uh on the newspaper magazines and the internet yes exactly they're all fact that's the only way to live life and i think that's the true (laughs) meaning of clear and present danger i think that's the moral of their movie well if the headline is clear and you're present You're not in danger. (laughs) If you're reading a headline, chances are you always think you're in danger. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go through the Jack Ryan movies here. We have from 1990, Hunt for the Red October, as Alec Baldwin was doing the Jack Ryan character here. Uh, I liked Hunt for Red October. Have you two seen it? Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite films of all time. Oh, well, it has a little Sean Connery in it. Why don't you give us... John, uh, clear your throat. Give us Sean Connery ordering a carrot cake. (laughs) Do you want uh, Sean Connery as the Russian guy in The Hunt for Red October? Because he doesn't change his accent at all, pretty much. (laughs) Because I can do that. Uh, Let's do that. Let's go with that. I would like one carrot cake, please. (laughs) I'm it's sorry. Wonderful. It's wonderful. <laughs> sorry, sir. We're all out of carrot cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, the only thing I remember from the movie is uh, they're uh, from Hunt for Red October. That is, uh, they're all singing proudly because they're in that you know high tech submarine, and the uh, the Americans can barely hear this. You know, like they're listening through the American sub, and they can barely hear you know them singing, and they're like, sir, sir to Sean Connery they're saying well, you know we should let them stop singing they'll, they'll hear us and he just goes let them sing and then they keep singing oh, real, oh, you know however that is and one of the trivias I know from the hunt from Red October is Das Boot Indiana Jones whichever one I think Indiana Jones with uh, The Last Crusade it's uh, it's the Raiders oh it's Raiders yeah and the hunt for Red October all use the same submarine exactly I knew exactly what you were going for yeah you're a real Indiana Jones nerd. <laughs> you know that. In 1992, we started the Harrison Ford Jack Ryan. We had Patriot Games. And then this one, 1994, Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. So I, I'm going to be honest. I, I had seen The Hunt for October many times and had no idea that was Jack Ryan. I thought the only Jack Ryan movies, and I'm serious here, were these two. For the longest time, I... I thought the same thing. I didn't know that Hunt for Red... I didn't see Hunt for Red October until, like, later in my life. I had no idea. I thought these were the two. But then also, it just my my stupid child brain, stupid kid didn't know better. I thought that I thought that Air Force One was a Jack Ryan movie. I mean, it's I mean, kind of the same character, like, the way he plays it. 
Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Why. That's exactly. I grew up watching these movies. I, I like I said, I'd seen Humphrey October once later in my teenager dumb. But uh, like Patriot Games, Clear Prison Danger, and Air Force One, I watched like yeah. all the time. I, Patriot Games once or twice, but I really like Clear Present and Air Force One. I was uh, I was different. I I thought Clear and Present and uh, Patriot Games were related. I didn't think Hunt for Red October was related. I didn't think any of those were Jack Ryan movies until like they kind of remade Jack Ryan movies kind of in, what, like the last 10 years or something like that. And then it wasn't until then I realized, oh, they're all the same dude. <laughs> so I felt really dumb because I was really old until I kind of made sure or kind of figured out they were all related. Yeah, they all have the common link of the character and he's he's almost always like a CIA desk jockey analyst and then he like gets, you know, plunged into these like incredible scenarios and he's got to save the day cuz he's he's such a fucking GI Joe all-American. Listen, <laughs> I well, finish off the movies here, then I'll explain the character. Yeah. So, we had 2002 The Sum of All Fears. It was played by the bro version of Ben Affleck during the, his like most bro time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bro Jack Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then there was a huge hiatus because I, some of all fears, I don't remember the some of all fears, but I remember people ripping Ben Affleck as Jack Ryan. Never saw it. Yeah. I don't think I saw it. I remember the trailers for it. Cause I remember, you know, the, that, you know, classic movie trailer voice saying the sum of all fears, you know, like that. And like, Ooh, and then, but you know, I was younger, so I was like, I, I probably won't like that movie. And then uh, it had Morgan Freeman in it, mm -hmm. and you would like. I don't recall. I've seen the movie, and I don't remember anything about it except, I think Jack Ryan or Ben Affleck was changing a tire on the side of a road, but I might be making that up. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's the takeaway from the film. That, uh, once you see it, that's really all you need to know. <laughs> that's right. It's like Jack Ryan knows how to change a tire. Done. Uh, 2014, after the huge hiatus, we had, uh, th this is a terrible title, Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. I'm assuming that's a prequel. I'm assuming. I've never seen. Never seen. Because isn't that with, um, is that the Chris, is that with Chris Pine or is that with? Uh... That's the Chris Pine movie that came out and went and man, I didn't even know it existed until I did research on Clear and Present Danger here. I forgot about that movie. I straight up forgot about that movie. That was when I realized that Jack Ryan was the character in all these. It was when that came out uh, that they were all kind of related. That was the, that was kind of the oh moment for me. Yeah, but uh, I did see that they are relaunching. Well, it's already done. It's coming out in August. Tom, it's called Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. Again, that's the shitty title, but it's an Amazon TV series, which has a lot of promise, and it's starring John uh, Krasnick, Krasinski. or Kransky, Krasinski. yeah, Krasinski, John, Kring oh, fuck it, it's from The Office. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Amazon does damn good TV series, so I'm interested. Yeah, I saw that too, and I uh, sparked my interest as well, and I'm kind of becoming more a fan of John Krasinski, because, you know, he wrote the, uh, what was that really quiet movie, A Quiet Place, and just the roles he's been doing are definitely not the, where he's the, uh, where you think of him as from The Office, you know. Yeah, he's a, he's a good filmmaker. I loved him in The Office, um. Uh, Every, so many people love The Office, so we're not even going to talk about that. Right. But uh, yeah, him directing The Quiet Place, and I love The Quiet Place. Did I see? Yeah, did he write the whole thing, or did he have help? He might have done it with somebody, but I know he was involved. You know what's more amazing about that film is it was done by Platinum Dunes. They do. That's that's Michael Bay's production company. They do some good movies. Yeah, it's well, just like 
they're not directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they make a little bit of noise sometimes. And it's kind of interesting because that one, that's, in my opinion, easily their best movie that they produced. It's the classiest because <laughs> they usually do lower levels. So. Well, we'll find out in our top tens of 2018. But as of right now, that's one of my favorites. Like Sarah and I just had a blast in that experience of the the theater. But anyway, back to Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. <laughs> Jack Ryan is a fictional character made up by Tom Clancy. Thanks, Steve. That was obvious. <laughs> and his character, I mean, his character is so fucking all-American, it's annoying. He is a son of a police officer, and his mom is a nurse. He's a former Marine. There are no former Marines. Anyone? Anyone? Nope. You fucking non-american bastards (laughs) and then he became a history teacher at the u.s navy academy in annapolis annapolis i don't know i say that whatever god it's it's so all-american it's annoying but then he started out as a, a cia analyst then he worked his way up and then he became like the director of the cia he left it because the cia wasn't uh good enough for him then he goes and becomes defense secretary maybe then he becomes the vice president and eventually president. And then he kicks really? Gary Oldman off the plane and he says, get off my plane in Air Force One. <laughs> Essentially. Do you guys wonder, like, I don't know anything about Air Force One's story behind the scenes on it, but I wonder if they're like, let's just make the Jack Ryan book here, but replace the characters. I I don't know, but it, it feels like it. Yeah. It feels like a Jack Ryan movie. Matt, go find that videotape. We need to do it. Because I thought that's the tape we were doing. When you said clear and present danger, I thought clear and present danger was Air Force One. Like you were saying behind, I thought that was this movie. And when I put this in, I'm like, oh, that's not that movie. Good. I hope listeners do the same. Were your tears red, white, and blue when you found out? Oh, yes, definitely. I, I bleed America. I wear underoo America. I, I even have American sunglasses, American flag that sunglasses. You do. Uh, we saw at our undisclosed location of fun and sun burning. <laughs> I love those things. Let's let Matt here break down this box art and tell us why he rented it. All right. We've got a box that is just epic. Truth needs a soldier is our tagline. And we just get Harrison Ford's fucking boss ass looking face wrapped in the american flag like it's like him in like a sport coat or something with the collar slightly raised just wrapped in an american flag it's harrison ford clear in present danger and if you didn't know that he means business and america's strong well they went ahead and just put all the letters in caps Yes, it's a firm look here. <laughs> like All the letters are capitalized. He's looking stern. It's in black and white, but the flag isn't. That's in red, white, and blue. No, literally the front, the sides, and the top here, the only font that isn't all caps is the Paramount logo. <laughs> Not even kidding. Look at the little description at the top. That's really true. I just want you to know that this ain't, it's fucking America. This is, this is clear and present danger. <laughs> so we flew it over to the back here. And we get one review on the top that says, great, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Ford is perfect from the 60-second preview. Whatever that is. Yeah. I guess they couldn't pull a quote from, like, Gene Shalit or anybody on this one. I don't think a lot of people like this film. Really? Well, I mean. I don't don't know anything about the way this movie was received. I just watched it over and over as a child. (laughs) Well, I'm assuming from the gap from 94 to 2002 there. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming that means it, it probably made its money, but 
it didn't excel. Right. Uh, so there, here's our description here. Harrison Ford returns as intrepid CIA agent Jack Ryan in this critically acclaimed box office smash from the producers of Patriot Games. Could be true, or they could lie to us like they do on a lot of the boxes. <laughs> well, considering most of the people who make these films don't even write these descriptions, yeah, some certain. marketing firm. <laughs> when his mentor, Admiral James Greer, James Earl Jones, becomes gravely ill, Brian is appointed to acting CIA Deputy Director of Intelligence. His first assignment, investigate the murder of one of the president's friends, a prominent U.S. businessman with secret ties to Colombian drug cartels. Unbeknownst to Ryan, the CIA has already dispatched a deadly field operative, Willem Dafoe, to lead a paramilitary force against the Colombian drug lords. Caught in the crossfire, Ryan takes matters into his own hands, risking his career and life for the only cause he still believes in, the truth. We've got a, we've got a stern photo of Harrison Ford pointing to that guy, the, yeah. that other guy. That's Ritter. The, Ritter, yeah. the shitty guy. Got Harrison Ford running away from a car that's on fire, and Willem Dafoe looking off with a gun, and then it has, which I think is awesome, and I we don't see enough of this on these boxes. It has also available from Paramount Home Video, and the cover arts for Hunt for Red October and Patriot Games on the cool. back here, advertising that. I, I mean, what what's our what's our judgment here on this this whole cover here? I would pick this up immediately if I saw this and never knew anything about this movie. I think. Personally, I don't think I would, but if I was a dad, I think I would. Well, I am a dad, though, so. <laughs> yeah, I remember my parents renting it, or they, like, uh, watched it on HBO, or they taped it from HBO, something like that. Yeah, that's definitely, like, parents were like, let's watch this. And, I, and for me, this kind of, I always had the feeling this movie was the one that kind of created, this is the one to me that kind of created this genre of, like, corrupt government and then there's a good guy and it's a thriller type of thing whenever i think of like those it was like this one was the one that kind of always was the definition in my head yeah america loves these types of films where the government's the bad guy but it also has the ultimate good guy yeah it's up to like one one boy scout to save right. america from its own corruption yeah it's it's always like this and these uh what 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 would we call these? And I know it's a thriller, obviously, like but it's like, like a, a espionage, espionage yeah. thriller. Yeah. A political espionage thriller. Yes, it's perfect. And the fucking cover here is is lame until you add the American flag. And then, like, if you just had Harrison Ford staring straight at you, you'd be like, well, it's intimidating. But I, it's not something I remember. But there's, the, like, American flag, like, cape he has. Kind of. It's, like, over his shoulder. Yeah. I'm like, oh. That combination there, it's amazing. Like photoshopped. Like I don't know if that's really wrapped around him or not. When I look at it, because it looks like they, it looks like a flag blowing in the wind, and they just have it in front of him. Because he's wearing that, like it's it's like uh, his collars popped up, and it looks like he's wearing like a trench coat. And it doesn't. And on one side, it doesn't go over the shoulder, but it goes up like way past his ear, like almost connects to where it says soldier. Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> What do you think they're trying to say with him being grayed out, desaturated, and then like turning up the saturation on America? Is it like America first? He they almost trying to pin everything on him. It's like the America's like taking it's like uh, coming in front of him, like covering it up. Like he's being put into the shadows and kind of like the you know like in the movie with the troops, you know they just kind of leave him behind. It's like they're trying to do the same thing with him. 
Yeah, that's our explanation. So let's pop this sucker in. And now, our feature presentation. All right. Well, this is the, the saddest point of any time in an Analog Jones tape review. There are no trailers. There are none. Yeah, I didn't see any before mine, my version either, but I wasn't expecting to. This is this is what it must be like with your mom walking in on you when you're having sex. It's just it's embarrassing. <laughs> has has that happened to I don't you? See the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't see this comparison yeah. at all, but uh, okay. <laughs> in the moment, this is what it's like when there's no movie trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> just saying it out loud everybody else is like what <laughs> what that's not it's not a good analogy go fuck yourselves <laughs> i can't bend that way steve i hope my uh, mom doesn't walk in while i'm doing it because uh, then i'll be like where are the trailers <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh yeah she'll she'll be like i, I got you man i'll go get your favorite tape <laughs> and it's clear and present danger <laughs> <laughs> yeah she brings it on like a little uh, like breakfast in bed tray. Oh, God. I got it just for you. I don't want these visuals in my head. <laughs> you started them. I know. You, you did this. You did I, this to us. I did this to us and myself. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize to all the listeners out there. <laughs> Whenever you watch this now, when you're expecting to see the trailers, this is all you're going to think of. Getting into the film. Stop. Stop. <laughs> uh, we have the president's friend dies on a fancy yacht the uh, i don't know coast guard picks him up and they're like oh this, this looks bad this is really bad yeah we get introduced to the president bennett which uh guys is this one of the goofiest non-comedy presidents you've ever seen <laughs> totally i feel like it's accurate especially like this was uh the this was the beginning of the clinton years i feel like this is like america's first sort of opinion of bill clinton it was this type of character see is this an opinion of bill clinton or an opinion of bush Ooh, this is more like Ooh. hw now that i think about it yeah, yeah i think so it's like a parody sort of yeah like yeah I, I think you're right yeah so it's uh what what present was he 42 41 Whatever. I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> I don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't care. I don't even know why I brought that question up. I'm just like, I love history of presidents, I guess. Not enough to know the answer, though. Clearly. Uh, so we get introduced to Jack Ryan, which we find out that his Mufasa is dying. Yes. I mean, I mean James Earl Jones. I mean, Admiral James Gear. <laughs> like I'm dying of cancer. You know what? James Earl Jones, even though he's only in like 10 minutes of this, still great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, fucking movie. So Simba becomes the acting director. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan becomes the acting director of the CIA. And, of course, the president's like, well, we got to go to war with the uh, Colombian cartel. You know, uh, Jack Ryan gets money, even though he's they're getting money from Congress or Jack Ryan is getting money from Congress. Yeah. And he's trying to help the Colombian government handle the cartel. So that's what this whole thing is. And you're like, oh, that sounds fine. I'm sure we do that all the time. But then Mr. Boy Scout here, which is really naive. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's stabbed in the back, but he finds out that someone within his own team pretty much sent a shadow team down to kill the cartel's leader. Yeah. Kind of like for the president's revenge. But. We find out that the president's friend, the reason he was killed was because he was stealing money from the cartel. Yeah, he was like super embezzled. Yeah, it was like a lot of money, right? 
Yeah, it was six hundred and fifty million and change or something. Good lord! Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, how do you expect to get away with that? He, I don't think he was like with the drugs, but he was laundering the money for the cartels. And, yeah. And some of their legitimate businesses, he was like a part of those businesses. And then once Ryan finds out something fishy's going on, he goes down to Colombia, and then we get one of the best scenes in the movie where they are attacked by the cartel in the streets. That whole scene's awesome. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, that's like the, that's like one of the highlights of like where the action is. Cause at the rest of the time, you know, it's like drama and then there's this bit of action and you're like, Whoa, especially cause they're, you know, they're caught off guard. So you're not, and you're seeing people who aren't like, they're kind of not in their element. Like, you know, he was, uh, I, and I didn't know that until you said that about him being a Marine. I just thought he was always like a desk guy. So, with the, and I had kind of wondered that watching it. it was like, well, he kind of an idea of like what to do. And, and it looked like he could like shoot a gun decently, but like, uh, yeah, he's just, you know, fish out of the water sort of a little bit. Yeah. I was confused about that too, because he is a Marine or, you know, and then he became an analyst, but he kind of seems Maybe he's just out of practice. Yeah, I think it's just those yeah. days are behind him. Like now he is yeah. comfortable behind this desk. And now he's thrust into this situation. And he's like, fuck, like I'm yeah. not ready to do this again. Uh, I think I think that's what it is. But I got to agree with John here. Every time there is an action scene in this movie, it's so good. Yeah. And, but they're few and far between, which I think works in the movie's favor, is that they're so spread out. They're, they're the jolt to wake you up. Yeah. And I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty awake because I... I I'm really like into the political espionage in this movie mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm into it. And I'm like, I'm the drippy drama is good enough for me. But then when you get an action scene, it's like, Whoa, fuck, like even better. Like, Yeah. It, it takes about 40 minutes to get to this action scene. Cause there is a lot of setup. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely see how people could get a little bit. You drift a little bit sometimes. Cause it's, it, there's just so much coming at you and it's a lot of talking in rooms. Yes. With like a nice uh, dramatic score in the background. So, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, if you like these espionage movies, and sometimes I do, I think you are captivated. You're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Where's the twist? But then they really wake you up (laughs) with this action scene and where he narrowly escapes and it becomes personal because one of his friends dies. Yes. Yeah. That's that's when Jack Ryan's like, fuck, this is personal. And you have that like uh, that there's that shot that's like an iconic shot of him where he's, you know, he looks over at his buddy and he's, you know, in slow motion. He's like, Dan. And then you see him running towards camera and that explosion. And he like goes in the air and falls. And you could tell like that's him doing the actual stunt falling on real cement. And like he he's thrown and he and he gets up. That's like that classic uh, like, you know. When they're if they do like a like with Harrison Ford if they do like a life you know achievement award or something like that it's totally going to be one of the clips they play of him just you know being knocked towards camera that's like the epic yeah. shot yeah I I don't know if that's him or stuntman but it looks like him and it looks like it hurts well yeah you know he's still like up until even when he was doing uh, the last Indiana Jones he was still doing a lot of his stunts if you know as much as they would allow him to do so i wouldn't be surprised if that's him him at all damn he's a man that's a man man. yeah so uh he goes back to dc and tell me if i'm getting this right 
and he finds out that it's he, he gets his supercomputer kid <laughs> to the young man. And he's just like, don't worry, I'll break into their bank accounts. And he's just going to town going 90s hacking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It's so great. And then, you know, he, they they start to get into whatever uh, Ritter's bank account. But before we get in to like the true story of this, we should mention a couple of the side characters, because honestly, this is a movie where the side characters are probably more interesting than Jack Ryan, I think. Yeah, you you, you surround the blank canvas with all the interesting people. Yeah, because you get Cortez, which is the assistant or the I don't know, like the evil henchman. Yeah. Did yeah. anybody else think that this guy super looked like Phil Hartman? I thought he looked like uh, what's his face from Highlander. Wait, uh, which guy are we talking about? The the like intelligence guy for the drug lord. Oh yeah, really? Escobedo. That guy. He looked like uh yeah. His name was Felix Cortez. That guy looked like the main dude from Highlander a lot to me. Except like they're like, oh he's you know, he's Italian or he's. Uh, mexican or south american and so they dyed his hair black oh wow i did not get christopher lambert out of this and i did not get phil hartman at all yeah, i wow. feel like his face just his face like obviously he is hispanic but like his face looks like phil hartman's demise for some reason when you said that matt yeah i can totally see that uh well he he's a cool character i mean he plays it really well he's like a ladies man mm-hmm. and uh so he ends up getting information from myra up here in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and then he's feeding information to the the Colombian cartel drug leader, or at least the one we're introduced to. And I honestly can't. I know the actor, but uh, I have no idea what the cartel guy's name is. Doesn't really matter. Ernesto Escobedo. Oh, OK, so he, he's feeding him all the information, but he refuses to tell him who his contacts are. So we get set up to this drug ring down here. And I do like the cartel leader, like swinging a softball bat over the top, very passionate. He's just very interesting, and he's a fantastic character. Both of these actors, fantastic character actors. Yeah, both of them are so great. I love all their scenes. Yeah. I love all their scenes. I almost want a TV series about their cartel. Like, right? I would watch it. Yeah. Sure. Well, because you've got the Felix is like, he's also he's aiding him, but also he has his own motives as well, where he's... He sees the opportunity to like to end up taking over that particular cartel and then being like the head honcho. Yeah, a lot of these side characters have their own motives, and I think that's what makes them so interesting. Jack Ryan's just doing the most black and white, I'm a good guy, G.I. Joe. Yeah. While all yeah. these other characters are somewhat evil, but you understand why they're evil. Yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, what's Escobedo, uh, the head of the cartel isn't that bad of a dude like really i mean i'm I'm sure we don't see a lot of the bad shit he's doing like he is the head of our cartel he's done some fucked up shit i'm sure but like he's so likable in this movie like he's so he's like really there with his family too he's like involved with uh like the horseback riding and on the birthdays and the parties like you could tell he's like a really big family guy yeah like remind me of the godfather a lot here or tony soprano yeah yeah He's almost like he's acting like a businessman. He's like, yeah, sure, it's illegal in America, and maybe it's illegal here, but it's the only business I got, and damn it, I'm good at it. Yeah, and I'm like, God, I want to fucking watch your movie. (laughs) Totally. I I think we all agree on that. And then we get back to 
the states were the couple Ritter and the other character actor that plays like the shadowy cutter old man um, CIA guy that pretty much knows how to get all this money. They hire a team led by William Defoe, a very laid back William Defoe, by the way. He's he's holding it back. But he is so fucking good in this movie, though. Yeah, he's yeah. not crazy. Yeah. He's not wild, but he's still so fucking good. He's giving an A performance in this one. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring it up. I bring it up a lot. He did this around the same time as Speed 2, Speed 2. Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I bring up Speed 2 probably every three episodes. <laughs> I've... Uh... I don't think I've seen Speed 2. Well, that's why you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not as bad as you think. Bad, but I, it's I, I mean, I just completely forgot about it, to be honest. Well, if you ever want to see William Defoe just, like, go insane on camera, put that in, baby. Gotcha. Noted. Then again, he does that in, like, 60 other films. but Yeah, I'm like, that's a, that's a little bit of his M.O., it, yeah, it is his M.O. <laughs> I, I think that with it being his M.O. is why he's, it's so fun to watch him in this movie because he's just kind of playing like so, good, good guy soldier. And it's nice. It's kind of refreshing that he's not fucking nuts in it. Like you're like, oh, yeah. oh, he's like, he's just doing his thing. Well, too, I mean, growing up, our, our kind of uh, memory of him is is uh, the Green Goblin, you know, in, in some way, you know, so. Whenever I think William Defoe, that's my first thing. Is it's like, oh, he's Green Goblin, and I, so that's like my almost basis at first, and then I'm like, and then I remember everything else he's been in, and I go from there. Yeah. My first thought of William Defoe is Boondock Saints. It was a firefight. Yeah, how could I forget? <laughs> and he's of like course. directing while he's figuring out the, you know, what ha- happened and. All that stuff. Awesome. And then who could forget him wearing that amazing dress and how fantastic he looked? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. All right. We got to get off William Defoe. We'll never get through this film. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes and uh, they get the, the super awesome sniper, also played by a fantastic character actor. And that character actor's name is something. Damn it. Raymond Cruz. Ah, Raymond Cruz, yes, yeah, where he's not playing a uh, a Mexican uh, drug dealer, which is pretty much what he plays in almost all of his other roles. He's so good. I, I've only ever seen the first season of Breaking Bad, but he's so good in Breaking Bad. Like, yeah. that is a top-level performance. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That is a tasty, tasty character. Yeah. Yes, but uh, it was good to see him not being tight casted here this one he's actually like a, a sniper soldier so i guess he is kind of tight cast he always plays like a soldier type or whatever um you could you could so tell that this is a 90s movie and not an 80s movie because they're like oh we've got the americans coming to kill the colombians but don't worry most of our team is hispanic so we're not we don't just hate brown people well william defoe asks for it asks for them to speak spanish specifically though he goes Spanish speaking. Oh, really? Yeah. When uh, when they're uh, when he's originally with is it Ritter or Cutter, the guy, the the you know the super sneaky guy who goes down there and he's talking to William Defoe. The first time we see William Defoe, he's like, "I need this, I need that," and he's like, "You got it, you got it." He he asked for spe- specifically Spanish people 
are Spanish-speaking people, which is why you see half of them are dark. But, like, I still feel like in an 80s movie, they'd be like, I need a Spanish speaker, and it'd be Chuck Norris, you know? Like, <laughs> you're like, well, he's Spanish. It's, yeah. like, it's still, like, a super white guy. <laughs> right. And it would be... It would be like Brad Pitt and Inglorious Bastards where he right. speaks Italian. It's like yeah. one or two words. Right, right. That's what I would really anticipate from like an eighties movie. Which not talking on eighties movies, I love that shit, but you could so tell that it's a nineties movie that they made that choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> they get captured well, first they blow up a meeting of cartels meeting somewhere in Colombia because the main cartel guy in this, in our movie, he wants to bring the families together, the business owners, the tax paying business owners into one building. And it's a perfect opportunity for America to blow them up. Yeah. And we do, but it don't, it wasn't Americans. It was a car bomb. And then of course they have to have the detective like scene where Harrison Ford's Jack Ryan and a bunch of his team are looking around. He's like, and of course, Jack Ryan's the only one who gets it right. He's like, no, 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 no. If it was an explosion like that, there'd be all this everywhere. And he goes, if it was a car bomb, all the debris would be all over here. And where's the debris? And you're like, damn it, Jack Ryan, you're so good at your job. (laughs) Well, that's, and I'm I'm not sure if we've mentioned that, like, the what what started this whole thing was that the president's best friend was one of was killed, and we found out he's that, and then. Because of that, the president makes that rash decision in that moment of finding out about his best friend to to have this covert operation to begin with, which is why Jack doesn't know about it and it's not on papers and so on and so forth. Well, yeah, and that's the point is like this president wants the revenge and then acts dumb the entire time about it. Like, oh, what are you talking about? I didn't order anything. Sure, President Bush. I never said that. That is very like Bushian. Like yeah. that is very like HW for sure. Like yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I yeah. was I was gonna point out when you were talking about the uh, car bomb research thing, I, just a random cameo by Ted Raimi as the technician oh, or whatever yeah. showing him on the thing, and I was yeah. like, oh my god, Ted Raimi's in this, and that's it. He's only in that one scene, but like that it's pretty like later in uh, Raimi's career, like he had been in stuff already. He was already probably in. Hercules and all those shows and shit. Um, this is probably right during the time. Yeah, period. and like yeah. he just gets this little cameo in there. It was good to see him. It was exciting. I, I was. It took me out of the film. Now it would only take us nerds, fans, yeah, nerds, nerds out of the film, but it took me out of the film because I was like, "What, Ted Ramy?" And <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have my phone on me because I, you know, I immediately would have went to INDB and then got caught in the Ted Ramy like wormhole of his career. <laughs> yeah, like what else? at this time what else is he doing yeah i I agree back then you know never noticed whatsoever but watching it now you're like oh yeah it's totally him you know it's just funny how you know when you uh, older you get how movies kind of change when you watch them and that's that's one of those reasons oh absolutely it it that happens all the time with these especially old characters because even when i saw the guy who played ritter which did a fantastic job oh he's the best weasel he's the best weasel ever like Ah. Man, you wanted to punch him. And he's not the doughy white guy that we had in the first purge. He's the like sharp witted yes. backstabbing like government whitey. Yes, but he still has like those weasel glasses yeah. where you do want to punch him in the face though. Like 
Yeah. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Guy Pierce. I think this is the right actor. Guy Pierce's character in L.A. Confidential. Yes, yes. that kind. Where yes. you're like, God damn you, I just want to punch you. But I know, I know if I do, I'm going to break the rules and it's going to come back on me. Which is what Harrison Ford's problem is uh, when he does want to, like, fight him. And, yeah. like, and, like, fire him and get him fired and everything like that. Catch yeah. him in his lies. Well, and Ritter's smart enough to, like, get it on paper that he's allowed to do this. Right. Right. Uh, which comes back later. And so let's just get into, like, really the the second fuse that lights this film is Harrison Ford gets his super tech to crack into Ritter's bank account. And they find out, they trace the money, and then they get onto Ritter's computer, which is hilarious because Harrison Ford's at his desk breaking in to Ritter's computer but then the guy calls him and goes, oh, by the way, make sure you do it when he's not by his computer or he's going to know you're doing it. And so this sets up this scene where Jack Ryan. Yeah. Jack Ryan calls Ritter. Ritter gets on the phone, knows that he's breaking in and they have a keyboard duel where it's like, tight, 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 tight. Yeah. Got to tell you, after you get the code, wait until he's off his system before you log on because he will know it when you do. Jesus, Petey, it's too late. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Bob, Jack Ryan here. Uh, good morning, Jack. Good morning. Listen, I was just thinking, maybe we got off to a bad start here. We. We're going to be working together here. Maybe we should spend some time, get to know each other a little better. You play tennis? Hmm? Tennis. You play tennis. Yeah, yeah, I play tennis. Um, well, how about we get together sometime? Uh, next week, maybe an hour before we start work or something. Jack. Yeah. Computer theft is a serious crime. Yeah, yeah. One is deleting all the evidence while the other one's trying to look and read it and print it at the same time. And of course, when he does, he's out of paper and, you know, more files are getting deleted as he's fumbling with the paper. And it's it's funny how it's like an intense thing, even though there's it's not very it's not a lot of action in a way, but you do feel like how tense it is. It's such a great tense scene for like just watching like two old guys slap a computer keyboard like <laughs> and talk on a phone yeah and talk on a phone to each other and it's like right. so good <laughs> oh yeah you uh you play tennis and that's who that's a great acting by the other guy he's like yeah i play tennis you know like why yeah all the all the small talk the bullshit mm-hmm. small talk i love it ritter of course he's smart he gets out of the situation but i think jack ryan gets a just a little bit of proof or, he gets the proof, but the president doesn't care. He's got the he's still got the okay from the president to do yeah. it, so it doesn't matter. He can't he can't put Ritter down. Yeah. Well, which is funny because it's the I don't think the president is aware it's there because he has the other old guy type that up and just have the president sign it without even yep. reading. Yeah, it. Yeah, the president yeah. doesn't even look at the paper. Yeah. He just signs blindly. Yeah. 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 
which we'll teach you kids don't don't sign shit just because it has a line there and you like to sign your pretty baseball name because <laughs> you can just tell that president's like whatever on apple before you hit okay and i agree you got to read all that oh that's never happening oh <laughs> i sold my soul in 1998 it's gone <laughs> dell has it i think <laughs> <laughs> Or Gateway. Or AOL. <laughs> Dell and AOL have enough information on all of us that they're going to be the uprising of machines in uh, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, they're really pissed off that they're <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They are Skynet. And they're going to design their uh, the ultimate bad guy to look like Steve Jobs and then point, look, Steve Jobs' fault. Not <laughs> Dell. Yeah. Not AOL. Uh, but D- Dell and AOL are going to be the thing that kills us all. They're fucking Skynet. You heard mm-hmm. it first. You heard it here first. <laughs> we got a lot of scoops on Analog Jones. Yeah. We, know, we know a lot of things, guys. We're constantly on Reddit. I mean, not Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> this gets posted 24 hours later. We disappear from the web completely. <laughs> no, we have so many more podcasts to get to. <laughs> We've got all of August podcasts planned. <laughs> the ironic thing is to, to get the underground like recordings of these, they get sent to houses like the old AOL discs that showed up in the mail where you'd get the like, out, you know, like the 10 hours or whatever you for free or something like that. Even better. If the only people that could save us are people still on dial up, <laughs> they get a secret message that analog Jones has been captured and we have like five or six senior citizens. <laughs> come and it's, it's fucking Jack Ryan. It's yeah, fucking Jack Ryan's going to come and save us. It's Harrison Ford playing Jack Ryan coming to save us in real life. Yes. Because he doesn't trust Wi-Fi. No. Wow. Lamest movie ever, and I'd still watch it. <laughs> they use, instead of, we try to use like Morris Coast to like communicate to the outside world, but our version of that is the five people who still use Instant Messenger, and that's like our only mode of communication. Yeah. All right. I'll do it. Sign us up. Yeah. I'm ready to break out my aim. <laughs> to get back to the movie here it's like wrangling cats here and i'm I, and i'm the lead cat yeah That's, you were the yeah, one that is yeah. carrying the furthest but thanks for wrangling us anyway <laughs> <laughs> the soldiers get captured so that means jack ryan is gonna have to board a plane get down to columbia find uh william defoe's character which i think his name is just like clark it's really like mundane john clark yeah, John Clark. John uh, Clark, yeah. Um, besides having to find him, Ritter is calling up Clark and being like, you got to kill him. He's coming down. You got to kill him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clark refuses. Well, Clark pretends to kill him and then finds out the real truth. And is like, well, I'm going to work with you then. Yeah. And I'm like, best partnership ever. I love this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to admit that this feels like another, like, this feels like the old man version of like Will Smith and... Um, Fuck, we just watched Independence Day. Oh, Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, when they teamed yeah. up. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Best yes. team up ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, they go and save the day in a pretty fun shoot 'em up uh, It kind of, it, I mean, it's hard to make these things exciting because we've seen it so many times, but it was still fun. The formula is not exciting, but the action is. Right. Uh, and it goes into there, the Cortez or whatever. Kills the the cartel, the lead cartel. Right. And then going after Jack Ryan when Jack Ryan is trying to get these injured soldiers onto his helicopter, which Jack Ryan bought. Yes. Right. Uh, which he has to buy. Yeah. He's, yeah. Like, he's like, how much is it going to cost to rent for the day? And he's like, got to buy it. Got to buy yeah, it. And two million like, dollars. Right. <laughs> and it, wasn't it like 
How much was it? it was, they were saying $2 million. Yeah, and he gives him like a CIA card. How much did just take it on a test flight? $2 million. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene too. Yeah, that was fun. When Clark's like, oh, you can't come. And he goes, it's my helicopter. Yeah, it gives him the receipt. <laughs> but I think it's funny. Like, I don't know if he told Clark that he was in the Marines, but you think Clark would be like, oh, you were in the Marines? Yeah, fine. You can come. Right. Well, that's the thing, too, is they never mentioned that in the movie. And so I didn't know that till you read the description of Jack Ryan earlier. So I had no idea. I think it's purposely vague in the movie because it's like if you want to if you want to nitpick and be like, well, how does he know how to shoot so well? And how is he able to get out of these situations? You'd be like, he's oh, well, if you read the books, he's a Marine. But if, if for the movie's sake, they're like, you know, let's not say it. So he could be still just like the desk jockey type thrown in this situation. I feel like they're just playing both sides of it here. And that's why he doesn't tell Willem Dafoe because they're just trying to, you know. Well, yeah, I, I think it sets up better if you didn't know he was a Marine. Yeah. Like, you know, it feels like your 45-year-old dad, he's just like, you know what? If I went running and got in a little bit of shape, I could be Jack Ryan. You yeah. know, like <laughs> the 90s had to have their action heroes be – people that could get hurt and be normal yeah, out yeah. out was the Stallones out was the Arnold Schwarzeneggers even though they're still getting movies but then we replaced them with the Keanu Reeves the Harrison Fords the I don't know I'm sure there's more of them um Nicholas Cage right. Antonio yeah. Banderas all these like Alec Baldwin uh, Alec Baldwin yeah. Yeah. yeah I totally agree with what you're saying like all the dads like in the 90s were like you know they're kind of like Gardens of the Galaxy where they were um, like one sandwich away from being fat. Like that was all like dads in the nineties. And so they, uh, you know, and all the characters were like that. Like, I think, yeah, my dad was like in shape, like as Jack Ryan from the nineties, that's what I remember. And then nowadays it's you know not the case, but yeah, I think that's kind of done that way too, where you get all those, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for their demographic. Oh, well they nailed it because Harrison Ford is incredibly charismatic, but in this film, he is such a blank slate. But, yeah. But he does do have, a, he has a good worry face. Though. Yeah. And I kind of, too, they kind of go back and reemphasize like he's like a fish out of water. So you see William Defoe's got this whole gear and he's in camo and he's got a AK 47. And then you've got Harrison Ford, you've got Jack Ryan is in jeans and like a, a windbreaker, like going through the jungle with him with no gun or anything. And then, they're the two of them are going to break into this cartel and, you know, get the soldiers out. And that's like the two underdogs, which kind of makes that whole scene, you know, it makes it that much more fun to watch. Yeah. Two things I wanted to mention from this section. So like the moment when uh, Cortez kills the, the head cartel guy, like it's so obvious because they set, they set up the head guy as, as this family man or whatever. And I'm like, Jack Ryan is not going to kill this guy. Willem Dafoe is not going to kill this guy. And then Cortez does it. I'm like, that's their neat way of cleaning that up. <laughs> like, it's like Cortez is obviously this evil dude. Yeah. And it's like, they're going to kill him. Like, no problem. Right. But it's like, they can't kill this family man. And it's like, oh, we're going to have Cortez do it. I'm like, oh, obviously that's the way to go. I, I tell you what, the worst thing, the, the easiest way to make me hate you in a movie is kill a dog. Okay, that's number one. Yeah. But somewhere in the top five is also killing a poor little redheaded secretary. As soon as he kills Myra Cortez, I was like, I fucking hate <laughs> you. Yeah. Well, because she's so like, 
like, I found my Jack Ryan. And she's so excited that she's like seeing this guy and he's like kind of a good looking dude. And she's like, oh man, she's so happy. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, and then innocent and like uh, she just she wants this like sexy soap opera romance, the yeah. the, the, the trashy novel. Yeah. And then he snaps her neck and I was like, oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like he's the baddie of the movie. It's not the head of uh, cartel. It's that guy. He's the main sure. baddie. And then the other thing from that section that uh, I love, this was probably the first movie that I had seen. And maybe it was the first, you know, to come along for that, this type of movie. This is the first movie where I saw, I ever saw somebody like jump on a helicopter as it was flying away. And it fucking blew my mind as a kid. <laughs> like when that scene happened again in this movie, I haven't seen this movie in like 20 years, but I watched it like on repeat when I was a kid. Um, when that scene happened, I immediately snapped back to my youth and I was like, that is so cool. And obviously we've seen it in a million fucking movies now, but seeing it in such an analog fashion in this movie, like without the aid of CGI and stuff like that, it's awesome. It's so cool. Like watching an old dude jump on the fucking little lander of a helicopter. Yeah. I mean, it reminded me of, I think they did it first, obviously true eyes when Jamie Lee yeah. heard it, like yeah. jumps and Arnold grabs her like that. Just that was something of the nineties. Yeah. I, I, I don't have any proof cause we just only listed two films here, but I feel like the nineties, like there was something about that. Like jumping, jumping yeah, jumping to a helicopter. <laughs> Even in the Matrix, like in what ninety eight, they did they they were hanging from that long rope in the Matrix, swing around, driving around, or flying through the city. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Helicopters were a big nineties thing. <laughs> yeah, helicopters and airplanes, because airplanes you always had people like oh the like the back would open and they'd be almost sucked out, yeah, yeah. or the the like emergency door right. would fly open. And then 9-11 happened, and every Hollywood, oh, every Hollywood producer's like, nothing in the right. air. Well, I mean, even in the two other movies you just mentioned, like uh, in earlier in uh, True Lies, his daughter jumps onto the nose cone of the like jet while he's flying it. And then in uh, uh, Air Force One, the back opens, and, you know, that's like final bite, like final fight back there. It's, yeah, it's all over the 90s. Oh, that's right. She did jump on that like fighter. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. You know what? I actually forget about it. How good, truly, even though it's a popcorn flick, and I don't, I know James Cameron and whatever, whatever your opinion of James Cameron is, whatever opinion on that movie is, that movie was fun. Oh, yeah. True Lies is awesome. I used yeah. to watch that all the time. And the day. that, yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, I feel like I think I just bought that tape, didn't I? Oh yeah, you, you do have it. Now we gotta yeah. break that up. Yeah, we'll do it one of these one of these days. So back to the end of this, uh, Jack Ryan has maybe the best line after they save the soldiers. He goes to the president and he's like, "President, I'm gonna take you and the other two guys down." And he's just like, "No, you're not, Jack." He's like, "You're gonna save this. You're gonna save this when you need it, and you're gonna you're gonna dance. You're gonna do the dance." And he just goes, "President." I don't dance. I don't think I have anything more to say to you, sir. The country can't afford another scandal, Jack. To protect itself, it won't allow the possibility of another deception that goes all the way to the top. You'll take the blame. Cutter and Ritter will take some too, but it won't amount to much. They'll get a slap on the wrist. And then $20,000 an hour on the lecture circuit. The rest of the blame will fall on Greer. 
Oh, yeah, you'll take him down with you. You'll destroy his reputation. But that's as far as it'll go. The old Potomac two-step jack. I'm sorry, Mr. President. I don't dance. I screamed. Yeah, I, know. I screamed. I was so happy at that moment. That was the it, the the punk rock fuck authority part of me that's still around from high school. When that moment happens, it ignited it in me, and I was just like, "Yes, <laughs> Jack Ryan, this Coors Light's for you." <laughs> yeah, I I had the same thing. Like, and you know. I didn't remember it as much from watching it when I was little, but it was so, it was almost like watching it for the first time when I watched it before, uh, for leading up to this. And, uh, yeah, when I, when he said that line, I was like, yes. Yeah. I, you know, I had that same, like, that was the best line ever. It's, it's totally like a cheesy one liner from a movie, but that that's the best of them for sure. Oh yeah. That's, that's a trailer line, even though they shouldn't play it because it spoils everything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so good. It's so good. Well, they almost do. He's like, how dare you? He goes, how dare you, sir? And you're like, oh. Well, oh, you know what? Maybe that's kind of part of what the cover is, too. It's like, you know what? Even though you're the president, you have to follow the rules and the laws, too, according to Jack Ryan. Yeah. You're not more important than the country. You're you're a service to the country. Right. right. Which, I mean, is exactly what Trump is doing now. And this is why you should. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm not going with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 was, I thought it was interesting too because I was like, you can apply this to any time in history, as far as a, a president goes. Like they should not do this, and there's almost like, whoa! It kind of makes you rethink. Like there was just kind of one guy in charge of all this, and how kind of brings it to like a, a realization. Like whoa, we gotta you gotta really trust who you got up there. Well, that's why we have Jack mm-hmm. Ryan's. Yeah, they've got to step up and save the day because. Even if you're a desk jockey, you can do the right thing. That's right. That's been our PSA announcement for the year. Uh, let's see. So my verdict on this, and, you know, Matt hates to to rank these or number these, but Steve loves to do that. So my verdict is this is a watered-down James Bond with really good side characters and occasionally some badass action. But I, I, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but... This feels like it just falls into the void of 90s action where it doesn't stand out. Even though after I rewatched it, these side characters might actually make this film something I suggest because they were awesome. I agree. And you know what's funny watching this? It I had it reminded me in a way so much of like Angels and Demons and the Da Vinci Code because it's like a guy who works at a desk and then he's thrown on me into these like situations where he has to be the hero and has all this action and he's not that guy. And it's, uh, it, I was like, man, it's almost like he took that and just put like a art history spin on the whole thing. Oh, like a political history spin on it. Yeah. It's like Dan Brown just took, you know, this and they used it as like an outline and, you know, or like a Mad Lib and change characters names and, you know, things that they did, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, 
All right, Matt. What I definitely recommend this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's a really good time. And it, I do think, like we're talking about right now, I really think it is the prototype for a lot of these type of movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there were movies before that, this movie that did a similar thing. But this sort of, the I feel like this and Patriot Games sort of laid the groundwork for everything that came after it, though. Like, so there were still movies where the every man becomes the hero type mm-hmm. things, but this one became a prototype for what we still see today. And I think it's a really good prototype. And I do think it is a movie made by standout side characters, but also just like top notch acting. Like even Harrison Ford, who is kind of a blank slate of a character, is giving it a fucking hundred percent. Like, I, I think it's a great Ford performance. Uh, and I think, I think this movie is about actors. So I think if you mm-hmm. like really powerful acting and like, good acted moments and uh with, with interspersed uh really good action scenes I, I i highly recommend this one i it's it's not perfect but it is a good time yeah i think it certainly has pacing problems but i i honestly don't know what to cut out and that's probably what they ran into editing this they're like ah, oh, we need it all it's a little yeah. slow in parts but like we yeah. need it all and that is how i felt i was like yeah yeah there's some slower parts but i loved it still like i still had a good time with it well, it also had a hard... So, after coming off A Hunt for Red October, then you had Patriot Games. Uh, and you also had Harrison Ford, you know, in The Fugitive. Like, there's such a build-up, I believe, to this film that, like, it almost seems like this would have to be great and it would be the only way that it would stick out above all of his other films or above these other Tom Clancy films. Because... The competition was so high. And this one's, I think we all kind of agree, it's not bad at all. In fact, like, it's got a lot of really good points, really good side characters, really good intense talking in room scenes, really good action scenes. It, it is a good movie. It just isn't, isn't right. The Fugitive, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a good movie. It's just not The uh, Fugitive. So, all right, we ready to uh, go into the museum here? Sure. the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. In our museum, this is the part of the show where we shove something in good or something in bad. We love to show off our museum pieces. Matt, I'm going to let you go first since it's your month. What are you sticking in your wing of the museum? Uh, I'm going to put, I'm actually going to put that last action sequence in there uh, from the rescue to the helicopter jump. Uh, So tense, so fun, so good. It's so good to like, it's so fun to watch Harrison Ford and Willem Dafoe be like a team. It's really the only moment in the movie that you get it. Uh, I I love that whole section. I love that whole action set piece. I got to put that in the museum. It's, uh, I think it, again, it's another prototype for kind of action scenes that came later after it. Yeah, we'll have to get a famous painter to do the entire portrait of him jumping onto the helicopter, and William Defoe is like giving him cover fire. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, so satisfying. Oh, that'd be cool. John, what are you putting in the the visitors' wing of the museum? Visitors' wing. Um, I was gonna kind of do like what Matt was saying, uh, but with that, you know, how it's sort of the prototype of. Uh, you know, the underdog or the guy out of the water, like fish out of water who's stuck in those scenes, but, you know, makes it through and you're rooting for him the whole time or, or you know, kind of like yeah. the Indiana Jones aspect where he's he's not 100% the, like, perfect hero where, you know, he's going to jump and stick the landing and then, you know, have that perfect smile. 
where you know he's going to struggle he's going to you know not barely make it and he's going to climb over and you could really see that he's working he's kind of like a uh you know like like it would be like watching a normal person in the olympics yeah so you're putting the prototype the, this the this, everyman yeah. hero yeah the everyman hero that that's probably yeah that's a better way of wording it and a much quicker way of wording what i'm trying to say putting like the everyman hero and and how it kind of you know created that i'm putting a scene that can only happen in the 90s and be awesome i am putting the keyboard duel the <laughs> the hackers of the 90s i laugh at these scenes because it dates them so bad and how they do them but there is something about these scenes if it doesn't matter if it's like angelina jolie and hackers or if it's you know harrison ford in clear and present danger and there's a ton of other films where they do this like you can go to the matrix in 99 where they're just like pounding on keys in a in a cubicle there's something about it like the 90s was fascinated with this because old people and some of the old people now they just didn't understand it mm. and they thought it was just like the wave of the future, which it was, but it just made it lame. Real life science fiction. Yeah. It just made it really lame when they talked about it. <laughs> but then we had movies where it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, wasn't there a movie of Sandra Bullock? Was it called The Net? The Net, yeah. Yeah. The Net, yeah. I feel like that's something that Analog Jones really needs to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, did, I remember not liking that movie when that came out, but I bet I would fucking love it now. <laughs> just mashing on keys for 45 oh, minutes yeah, probably wonderful <laughs> i thought one of you guys were gonna put the uh the i don't dance line in the in the museum i thought for sure that was going in there it's a little too on the nose <laughs> but it is amazing it is a wonderful exclamation point at the end of this movie though. i think normal people would put that in their wing but we're not normal <laughs> Uh, so that is going to end our America month. It is sad to see it go so fast. Yeah, we flew through America's movies this month. Uh, but uh, do you want to tell our listeners about what next month is bringing us? Yes, next month. Come back and listen because we, well, I guess next week, <laughs> next month. Um, <laughs> please, please don't wait a month to listen to us. <laughs> so uh, we are going to have some special guests on. And we're going to wrap this around the theme of before they were famous. So we had, well, we had a lot of choices here, but it was still hard. And uh, we wrapped it around. I think we have coming next is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So that's obviously, you know, before Keanu Reeves took off and became, you know, Neo. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> then I think we're doing what? Bruce Willis's Blind Date? Yeah. Mostly because that VHS is amazing. Yeah, we got to talk about the VHS. Yep. So get ready for that one. Then we have... Cyborg 2. Cyborg 2, which is a VHS that it took me a long time to finally get tracked down. Freaking love the cover of that. We have Grease 2, Ooh. which is going to be the introduction to someone, a very special guest, someone I might live with. <laughs> and then our final one is um, Cherry 2000. Yes. Melanie which is Griffin. Melanie Griffin. 
Oh, I, I guess Michelle Pfeiffer was Grease too. Yes, yes. Yeah, I wondered which one you were, who was there, but I, that's who I was guessing. Is this our third Michelle Pfeiffer movie? Because we've done Lady Bird. Is there another one? Did we do another Pfeiffer? I don't think we did another. No, Pfeiffer. we didn't. I don't think so. We probably talked to Oh, Batman Returns. Well, we talked about. Yeah, we always well, talk about Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer, but I don't think we've done that many of her movies, even though like she's the best. Yeah. <laughs> So those those are our five movies, and again, I got a five movie month. Yeah. So eventually, time is going to have to catch up and give you a five movie month. I think you and our listeners are regretting that happening. So like, let's keep me at four. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for it. That's gonna be. Oh, I, I love I, I love the beginning of the month. Not that I don't like the other ones, but I love just like the anticipation of seeing a bunch of these movies I have not seen in a really really long time yeah so come back for that and john thank you again for coming back absolutely uh we'll try to get you back for another one sounds good do you have a request not to put you and if you can't i'll cut this Ooh, uh, off the top of my dome piece yeah here let's let's think of one uh pick one from the early 90s pick one from the early 90s I think we should do Robin Hood. Ooh. Yep, done. Now, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or Robin Hood, Men in Tights? Oh, Prince of Thieves. Yes. Uh, yes. Little, Costner. Little Kevin Costner. I, I don't it. I don't fucking do an English accent. <laughs> right? Which I didn't like I didn't realize that until probably a year ago. Like, oh, he didn't do an English accent in that movie. Oh shit, he's kind of like a nineties action star too. Nineties dad action star. Absolutely. Oh man, they're all over. Tied all around. I think he was in one of the newer Jack Ryan movies. I think he was in that one with Chris Pine. I want to say. Oh, he... I think he is. I think you're right. Oh man, that's crazy. Is he the Mufasa in this? Yeah, in that he one? is. I think he's like the leader type. Oh wow. Well, shit. If he dies in it, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Mufasa. Ah, so come back for that. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes. Listen to us on Podbean, Google Play. And also, we announced this last week, so let's announce it again. We are now on Geekscape.net, and it is a pleasure. Uh, It's so much fun, uh, and hopefully we'll get to do... I know we are going to pull together and do something with uh, Horror Movie Night eventually. I mean, we've already had Scott Roger on, who did our theme. All right, come back next week. And remember to be kind. Rewind. That's why I don't have sex. It's not because of my face or my general attitude towards human beings. The thing is that they don't refer to any of these things as murders, which is the most amazing part. It's always referred to as a disappearance. There's fucking blood filling the back of a truck. That was certainly nice of me, wasn't it, huh? Same set as Castle. Um, <laughs> what? Is that really? No, but I would believe it, actually. That wouldn't shock me. I can't imagine that there's a ton of castles that Charles Band has at his disposal. <laughs> that frog is going to bang Roddy Piper. Nope, she's just one horny toad. <laughs> Justin Lung just screamed that he's a fucking walrus for so long. He keeps yelling cuckoo-cachoo and shit. <laughs> Join me and Matt as we discuss some of the worst of horror every week on the Horror Movie Night Podcast. Listen at HMNPodcast.com.